Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, we are here after the 49ers beat the Rams 30-23. to Sean McVay with that backdoor cover with zero seconds left. Either it's either the backdoor cover or he had a Maher on his fantasy team. It was one of those two. <laughs> and and I wish we had Al Michaels on the, uh, on the call there because he would have definitely made definitely. <laughs> but Al uh, has placed a wager or two. The I, I'd say my overall thought coming out of this game was. Those two coaches know each other so well. Those teams know each other's concepts so well that no, you know, this was probably going to be a closer game than I think some people realized. And once I saw the, be- you know, once I saw how these teams were were playing, I was like, okay, you know, that this means something to to McVeigh. He's not going to let Shanahan's team push his team around. So that that's that was my takeaway, which was. McVeigh was going to make sure that the Rams played good football today. Yeah. And it's it it I jokingly said on Facebook, I thought um Matt Stafford was washed. Um if you don't heat that dude up, he can this is what he can do. He can still he can still light it up. Um and like you say, the concepts, you know, they did an excellent job, especially early, of keeping him clean and allowing him to make throws and if if you do that it's um it, you know it's gonna be a long day but you know they started to get pressures nick started to heat up um wilk started to bring more pressure and you know they kind of the, the Niners kind of um seized control of the game in the second half um and it but but it was a it, it i guess those people who thought this was gonna be like a you know, a double digit blowout just don't know how these rivalries. And like you say, particularly those guys, there's those two guys rivalry works. I mean, it's just, just not, that was never really going to be in the cars that, that the Niners were going to like stomp them out. I don't think. Yeah. And to me, I, I said this in our discord, which was, I, I was really afraid that the Niners were going to come out flat just because you're all coming off of that high of that Pittsburgh game. There's nothing but 49er fans in this stadium. People are calling it Levi's South. And the one thing that could allow the Rams to to stay in there early is if the Niners come out flat. And they don't. The Niners don't come out flat at all. They, I think they score on their first drive. It was pretty easy. The thing that Stafford and McVay did so well. And I'm actually interested in your thoughts on this because I was trying to figure it out. And I know you're kind of cataloging certain plays and and stuff as you're watching, Mm -hmm. but I was a little down on the Niners defense in the first half. And it sounds like Shanahan was as well, but as the second half played out, I kind of wonder if the, um, if the game plan defensively was 
they can't beat us deep and they're not going to be able to run the ball on us. So we got to keep everything in front. If they're going to score, we're going to make them score on like, you know, long, long drives here and every nothing. We're not going to let anything get behind us. We're just going to keep them in front. And, you know, who knew that they had Cooper Cup part two. Uh, Puka Nakua was awesome. He was Cooper Cup today for them. And uh, the other the other receiver, uh, as a, what is his name? Atul? At- At- Atwell. Atwell. Mm-hmm. I thought he was he had, he had one catch that he probably should have made down the sideline. But other than that, I thought he was really good as well. But they couldn't break out. They never hit that big play. And so from, you know, once they they were close in the first half, you get the second half. Then you started to see Wilkes bringing the blitzes. Now, some of these blitzes were not disguised very well. So Stafford was just sort of figuring out where the blitz was coming from. Receiver and him, great communication. They just throw it where the blitz was coming from. Then you saw uh, then you saw Fred Warner blitz and he was disguising his blitz very well very well and they he was getting to them but i think ultimately if the niners front four plays a little bit better the game probably is not as close as it was but because of that stafford was able to take advantage and he was just just like just scanning boop dump eight yards boom eight yards like all day long and it was i think it was a little frustrating for niner fans but ultimately i think i understood where the Niners knew that they were they were not going to be able to get beat, and that was just to keep everything in front of them. It's kind of funny, um, you know. It, I was up late last night watching Colorado, Colorado State. Oh, so was I. <laughs> it was kind of similar in yeah. that I thought that the game plan, like you said, was, was it was sound. The only thing I would have both games. The only thing I would have. I would I would think that the defensive play call would have wanted is his corners to play a little bit more aggressive with the receivers because you know they you know the the game plan was sound and you're right they weren't gonna they weren't gonna beat us running the ball and they had made a decision they weren't gonna let them do get behind us so but at the same time, you don't just have to see them, these catches. You can be aggressive. You can be aggressive. And there were times, at, you know, this Sanchez even mentioned it, that um, Mooney in particular was just giving, um, giving Puka, he was just giving him free releases off the line. Yeah. You got to challenge him. At, you, know, you got to, you know, get up on him a little bit and, just, you know, make him work. I mean, you can't yeah. give him these free releases. And you, because you, you just, you know, like you said, vet, you know, Stafford is a vet, so there's, there's none of those blitzes that he that was coming were things that he wasn't going to be, you know, you weren't going to shock him or surprise him if you're not disguising them. He's going to be able to diagnose them and know where he's going to have answers um, immediately as to yeah. okay, if that if that's what it is, that's where I'm going, and you have to give you know the receiver some sort of challenge i get it the guy's fast both those guys are 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 burners so you don't want to get you don't want to let them you know let them get on top of you but Mm -hmm. at the same time you you have to give some sort of resistance yeah you can't just let them go where they want to go um so that was kind of frustrating um at times but I mean that that really those are really nitpicks in you know in the overall scheme of things. Um, I you know it, 
you know, they did cover backdoor, but the Niners from, you know, we were, were tied at the half, but from the third quarter on pretty much after we got that first touch, um, we were pretty much in control. I mean, I kind of felt we were going to win the game. I, you know, um, again, I, in only in pick them, would I have taken those points? And I did on ESPN. Um, so I was very aware, <laughs> I was very aware of the score and, you know, it worked out kind of the way I thought it was, but I never thought that we were, the, 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 the win was in any kind of danger. No, I think that's a good way to put it. Even when the game was tied at halftime, <clears throat> I saw it more as the Rams are in this rather than the 49ers are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to nitpick and you, you mentioned the, if, if you want to nitpick, you know, the, the coverage and yeah, you know, it was a little soft and, you know, Lenore and, uh, and Mooney were getting picked on a little bit. And those, those dudes were, were you know, you just saw the back of their jerseys uh, for, for a lot of this game. Uh, the other thing I think it, I don't know if Shanahan will, will mention this, but they were a little sloppier. I'm sure than he would have liked them. Uh, Dre Greenlaw got the penalty that eh, was kind of questionable, but he's also got a reputation for that right. kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, late in the late, he's in the not game, getting the benefit of it out there. <laughs> no, no, no. Late in the game, they had the crackback block with uh, with Jennings. Which, which is a dumb rule, but I mean, yeah, I didn't it, even it I didn't, the rule. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was a personal foul. Yeah, personally, I, I didn't even know that was the 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 rule. Uh, so that that was there as well. And then uh, there were some penalties uh, late late in the game when when the Niners were trying to put it away. That it was a little sloppy, and and you know, I who knows? You, you hate to say something like undisciplined because that's kind of up to the coaches to define that, but. Right. You know, it was a little, a little, a little loose. They they were a mm-hmm. little loose in a in a game, but also, it's the second week of the season, so you can kind of, you know, you can kind of say, okay, well, you know, the, the, really, that you know, you're talking about a three game preseason where almost nobody plays. So yeah, this is this was a good second week game. Now, if they if they're that loose, you know, in the middle of the season, then then there's some worry. But I, I think that would be the only other thing that I thought, and and you know. We mentioned this guy a lot during the preseason. Moody hit a, was it a 57? Was it a 57 or a 59? 57. 57. He hit that solid. He he miskicked uh, a kickoff that went out of bounds, which was kind of silly. But that otherwise, man, mm-hmm. he, he had a really strong game. And he even yeah. slips on the last one and uh, still still able to make it a little short one. But... Yeah, you know, I, I can't really say, and, and I know Shanahan's talking right now, but he had mentioned, uh, I, I only saw a little bit of a clip, which was that, you know, really the difference in the game to him was the fact that they got the two turnovers. Now, one of those was a Kyron Williams drop. It, it was, I think Stafford made one bad throw all game long, mm-hmm. which was the second interception. And I know Mark Sanchez was trying to blame it on the receiver, but that, that, was a tipped ball up in the air. The Niners made that play. They got the second interception. And then he said the fact that they didn't themselves didn't turn the ball over. Now, Jake Brendel tried two times. Mm-hmm. He tried to turn that ball over twice. So uh, they, they got lucky. They, 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 we got, they, we got a, we got a huge lucky bounce on that one that um, Kittle runs into. And it, you know, just kind of bounces right to McCaffrey 
um, and he's able to advance it. But um, and then the, the other one, like you say, you know, that those are always, you know, Brock was able to get on it, but those are always, you know, and again, you, it's always kind of scary when you got a small quarterback like Brock is when the ball is, you know, there just to be had, you know, you don't, I really don't ever want him, you know, I'm glad he was able to get in there and get it, but having him, you know, diving in there head first, trying to get the ball is never yeah. the, um, you know, that's never the way you want it to go. Um, because it's, you know, it could, you know, we are clearly at a place. I don't know, you know, Greg Papa aside who I I'm, I'm not, I don't want to see, <laughs> I, I don't want to see, um, my man, what, what's his name? Um, Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I, 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 we need to keep, we need to keep Brock upright um so yeah um, well, was... i just wanted to welcome uh jov or jove 49ers in the chat uh he he was uh letting out <coughs> I, I say he i don't know Excuse if he the jove 49ers mm-hmm. was letting out some uh you know some expression in, in the chat but one of them was that you know i think a lot of 49er fans did they they saw you know when you see cooper cup on the injured reserve and you don't recognize half the guys on the uh, the roster for the Rams. You go, oh, like, 49ers should roll. It's in Levi South. You know, who? In, and so, you know, so I, I, I assume a lot of 49er fans did. But again, you know, there's this rivalry between the coaches. But you know whose name only got mentioned because of the friendship with, with the rookie was Aaron Donald. I, they, they, were, they did a good job with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was really interesting and Sanchez, I noticed it immediately, and Sanchez mentioned it on the broadcast, how you know, like it was like the th- second or third rep of the game on offense, and they sure did. They moved Aaron Donald out there on um McKibbitz to try to see, to test. Let's see. We're gonna let's see what um let's see if we can find something here the way the Steelers did. Yeah. Um and he held up. He held up well. Um, they they gave him a lot of help. They gave there was a back out there just about all the time. Kittle was over there a lot, uh, but he did not. He was not nearly as leaky this week as he was last week. So um, that was a, a good um, a good sign. Let's talk about Brock a little bit because to me. Brock looked like Jimmy today to me. Now that's they're they're I'm talking about both good Jimmy, good Jimmy. Mm-hmm. and you know maybe not so good Jimmy because what 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 could Jimmy not do? Well, Jimmy can't hit the big play even when the guy's wide open, and Brock missed it like two or three times today, mm-hmm. which you know I again very early in the season, not anything I'm necessarily worried about because we've seen him make those plays, but he did miss them today. There was another one where. Um, the, I I forget the play, but I think it was to Jennings and whoever the linebacker was in on Kittle's side blitzed and Kittle just runs down the field uncontested. (coughs) And that, that would have been an easy touchdown, but instead he hit Jennings, uh, Jennings on a, on a post or something that was, it was a good play, but I was like, and there's another one Kittle because I've been, I'm watching Stafford throw directly where the blitzer is coming from 
So I'm, I kind of have my eye on it. And I'm like, Brock, he's just wide open. He's running. Throw it. Nope. He, he just he had his eyes set on on Juwan. So but the other way that he resembled Jimmy was the Niners go fourth and one uh, very early in the game. And they quarterback sneak with with Brock. Mm-hmm. And it was a long one. It wasn't a short one. He quarterback sneaks for a touchdown. He gets another fourth and one quarterback sneak. So, yeah. I, it was I just a good felt- read on his part. That was a very good read on his part. Um, yeah. And I think you were on to something that those the even the misses that you catalog those are those are jimmy misses and you know i say misses in air quotes that if there was ever a criticism i had of jimmy is that there were times when there there wasn't a reading of the defense post snap it was there was a decision pre-snap of where he was where it was he was going with the ball and that's what that's where he went. And that was one of those circumstances where you could just tell Jennings was the read. And, and and he wasn't wrong for taking the read. But like you say, if he had just looked at all post-snap, he would have seen what you saw and what mm-hmm. I saw and what everybody else saw was that um, Kittle was going to be wide-ass open. Mm-hmm. Um, but But he's not wrong. He's not wrong for taking the bird in the hand. Yeah. But you would like your, you know, and he's still super, super young. Mm-hmm. Um, that that, but that was something that Jimmy was like eight years in at this yeah. point. You're supposed to be yeah. able to, you're supposed to be able to, you know, get your head out of the playbook and read the damn defense. Um, you know, so I'm not putting that on brock just yet but that is a, that was a that was jimmy like um, now the, now the one thing we don't have to worry about with brock is um he can get out of the pocket so he's not gonna throw it too quickly because he can't right. or just take a sack you know when when things break down there's there's or dirt it. he doesn't he doesn't have to necessarily just dirt the ball either yeah. so so that that is different but i did watch uh i was watching red zone earlier this morning and Jimmy threw an interception and I was just like, deja vu. Like, yeah. I, I just felt bad for the Raiders. Like, yep. He just is who he is. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, you know, for good, for better or for worse. Um, you know, you're going to get the Jimmy experience. Yeah. Now there are a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And you're watching a lot of them kind of almost learn on the job. Like you mm-hmm. see Stroud, Richardson, uh, Bryce Eels. Young, even uh, Ritter, like uh, Ritter was in the red zone. And when Ritter can actually get out and use, you know, the run a- as an option, the, the defense, he kind of keeps them on their toes. But when he's forced to throw, oh, my gosh, it was just it was rough. I was like, man, how can fans deal with this? But then I think back to, you know, our days of uh, of, of bad QB play. Uh, as well and I was and so, loving watching red zone today and you know <laughs> that that Atlanta game I was watching that a lot and I am just that's my hot take of the and then early they won season. yeah <laughs> that's my hot take of the early season boy oh boy wouldn't Kyler Murray look good that's I've heard, jersey, I've heard that a couple times Atlanta today. Falcons jersey they've I've got all that. the weapons with Bijan and and um 
Pitt and um, Drake London and whoever this new dude is who who was who was balling out today, the receiver. Um, I forget his name, but he was playing well. And if they get the, uh, get themselves a quarterback, they might be a problem. Um, but this is not. Falcons talk. Yeah, this is not. It's just just the the, you know going. The the point is is that having Brock back there for whatever reason, Brock is only in his second year. There is a calmness that I already have with Brock that I don't think I've ever had with Jimmy. Like with Jimmy, you would see some good play, but in the back of your mind is like, okay, when are we going to get the mistake out of the way? The mistake is coming. When it let's get at let's get it out for you know early than later, and then you'd sort of pre-plan for it. And I don't really feel that with Brock. I, Brock generally makes smart decisions. Now you know he'll, he'll throw an interception because he he can be daring. We saw that a little bit last year where he would try to go for a big play that that you know may not be there. But I still feel way more comfortable with Brock back there than with Jimmy. He, he there is a calm to his play that. There was always, and even now, even as a Raider, there is a certain level of frenetic, yes. freneticism to Jimmy that was just always kind of um, off-putting. But Brock is calm, but there, you know, there are some limitations. His arm is what it is. It's not a. It's a. It's it's a good arm, but it's there are going to be throws that like the one to to Ayuk that if he's going to make that happen, he's got to crank up, yeah, to try to go get it. It's not as effortless as somebody like to say like Trey who can just just get it there. That's not him. He's going to have to wind up to go get it, and he just missed it because he he had to put something on it to get it there. And, and he, you know, just overthrew him. And but that's that's what it is. He there are limitations to his game, but he's played so much football in college and yep. now in the NFL that he knows how to work around his limitations. Um, so you know, he that's one of the um, the two things that I think um, set him apart is one. There, that the calm. He yeah. is. He is not rattled. He knows what he's doing, and he has unbelievable confidence in himself. And that, you know, it, it just shows. And then two, he knows. You know, you, you a man must know his limitations. He knows his limitations. Yeah. He, you rarely see Brock trying to do something that he can't do. Yeah. If, if he knows what he can do, he knows what he can't do, and he plays within himself and i mean that's you know for some for a young player to be that poised is um it's a rarity so there there was a great article and this it was like the weirdest topic uh matt barrows in the athletic i think it was this weekend it may have been friday or saturday where (laughs) he talked about how brock's uh leg strength was almost too strong and it would lock his hips when he would throw because he didn't really have to rotate as much because his legs are almost overly muscular for his size. Mm -hmm. And so they talked about having to work with a quarterback coach to remind him that he doesn't need to just rely on leg strength because what actually happens is when he does do that, his throws don't have that same whip. And so when he needs to dial it up, 
he's got to remember that it's you know he 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 can't just throw it because his lower body is so locked in he's got to get other parts of his body involved so it was kind of an interesting thing and uh, he had about- a miss today where sanchez pointed that out that he his footwork he got yeah. sloppy with his footwork and he left his his right leg out and he missed right because he didn't he didn't he didn't set his feet properly so that's funny that that all kind of ties yeah. together yeah um the uh, the Sanchez experience I thought was pretty fun today. Uh, yeah, you know, he's, I, I don't like it. It's not that I don't like it, but, you know, we've heard Daryl Johnson all these years. And, you know, I'd rather not have diehard Cowboy fans uh, on my broadcast as a 49er mm-hmm. fan. Sanchez is funny because he's got a little bit of the Romo goofy sense of humor. Uh, and he gets so excited sometimes. Like, he's so dialed in on certain things that, the things that I'm looking at, at at home watching, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, cause there, there was that, um, the Debo play late in the game. Debo goes to the sideline, cuts back, and then he actually fumbles the ball. Debo fumbles it, and the ball looks to be going out of bounds. But Sanchez is so dialed in on the fact whether or not it was a fumble, he doesn't even look at, at the sideline. And Shelvin and I were kind of talking about this in the Discord. And I mean, I love the excitement. I love him being so fired up. But sometimes I, I wish there's like the producer in the announcer's ear going like, you know, this is this is why this thing is not happening. Because he was like, why aren't they? Why aren't they challenging? They got a challenge. Oh, the Niners call a timeout. Oh no, this is good. They're gonna challenge Mm-mm. now. Why do you call a timeout? I'm like, dude, the ball was out of bounds. Stop. It's over. It's and over. The play is over. Like don't yeah. like. But he's so excited. He like zeros. He's got a little bit of tunnel vision. But I, I will say that it is enjoyable. I, I think he's got a really cool personality, and so I, I, I like to. I like the broadcast overall today. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some of the other things that happened uh, in in the game. Now, I thought um, the way that McVeigh and Stafford worked together. So I did this midweek audio on the BSPN podcast feed. So those watching on YouTube, uh, we, we, I, I, that was strictly for the audio feed. And I, I think I'm going to do it again. And, and if, if it's, if it's not too hard for me to, to do the midweek thing, uh, I, I think I'm going to definitely try now the Niners play this week on Thursday. So I may have to put it out a little bit early. Um, but I was reading, uh, Jordan, Rodriguez, who did that athletic show about uh, about Shanahan and and McVeigh and and that coaching tree, she was writing about the game that they won last week against Seattle, and and the major takeaway for me was that they were able to just go after Seattle, the middle of Seattle's defense, and so I'm watching this game with that in mind, and you know they got Puka and Atwell, you know, running all over the place, but. There, the middle was open, and I was like, "Man, I thought because Warner is so good in coverage that the middle was actually going to be taken away." Now, in the second half, I think the Niners had a lot of success taking away the middle of that field. You saw a lot of drop balls. Both interceptions came in the middle of the field. Um, the uh, a lot of the plays late in the game when the Rams actually had to try and get bigger chunks of yardage, they couldn't do it, and and the Niners kind of. Uh, the defensively in the second half, they were able to to set that a, a little bit better. But 
that seemed to be part of the strategy was go go after the middle of the field. And I thought the Niners defense really made some adjustments to take that away in the second half. So that was really cool to see because, you know, a lot of times when when we're so focused on our team to actually go and figure out what happened to the other team that they're going to play, you know, you kind of read some stuff and there are some writers who are really good at like breaking down the stuff. So I really like Jordan's coverage and, and, it, and I felt like I had a better understanding of the Rams offense, thanks to uh, her notes and, and her stories and such. So uh, what did you think about the adjustment? Like, did, did, did you, did you think that Wilkes and, and company decidedly said, okay, we need to do this to, to sort of change the, the way the Rams are thinking here? Well, I, it, the pressure was noticeable. I know that at least um, we ended up we ended up getting credited for six quarterback hits, which is a little is is fewer than I charted. And of those six, ESPN has given us credit for whoever their stat person is. Um, Nick got three of those, and I would imagine that all three of those were in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. We we definitely we got more heat on Stafford in the second half than we yes. did in the first half. It, we he was just he was just back there, you know. He was really just clean in the first half, um, and we did a better job of of pressuring him. Which again is just the key to our defense overall. Is we are you know. I had several people in, you know, on Facebook talking about how bad our secondary is. It's not that it's it is our coverage is just set up. We have to, if we don't get pressure, those dudes are not going to be able to cover for three or four seconds. It's just not the way it's set up. They are set up to be able, they're trying to just, if you could just occupy these guys for two and a half seconds, mm-hmm. hopefully we we're going to heat up the quarterback and then, you know, it, it'll be like that. And, and that was the problem is we were just allowed. We talked about earlier, we were allowed, allowing free releases and allowing Puka just to run free across the middle and Stafford, you know, was unhurried and unbothered. And he was just, you know, picking us apart. Um, so that I think for, that's what I saw is that we we did a lot better job up front and with manufacturing pressure um, in the second half, and that was to me the difference is that you know he just wasn't able to um there you know there were actually guys in his face <laughs> making him get rid of the ball quicker than he actually wanted to, um, and it it made a huge difference. Um, I could, I never really did. They, we, our coverage never really changed and able to do what the hell he wanted to do pretty much all game long. Um, and it was really frustrating to me is that it, it became pretty, you know, like you say, two, two had like, I think they, they targeted him like nine times, but Puka got 20 targets. It, <laughs> and it was, it was fairly obvious that, he was it. I mean, now he, he is their offense at this point. And um, we kind of like Cooper cup light in that yeah. he's, you know, when he's out there, we, you know, there's no secret as to where they're going with the ball. And 
he has had those kind of games against us too, where we know where the ball is going and it's still 15 catches for 175 yards. And, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, and I mean, you look at the dude and I mean, I'm, I'm past that with Cooper cup in that you look at him and you're, you're pissed. Cause why is this dude able <laughs> to give us this kind of work, but he gives everybody that work. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> he's just a great player. Um, but and it looks like I say Puka Light. He was out there. He 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 gave that work last week to the um to the Seahawks, and we got it today. I mean, he was he was very impressive. He was, I you know, I looked at the numbers last week and like, okay, whatever. Um, fake news, but now nah, he's <laughs> he's um he was legit. He was legit legit today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So out of all of the completions, because Stafford had 34 completions, so uh, 28 of those 34 (coughs) went to three players, including the running back who had six receptions. So uh, Puka and uh, Tutu had 22 out of the 34 receptions. Uh, longest play for Puka was 20 yards. Longest play for Atwell was 18. But both guys, when it came to average yards per catch, uh, Puka was uh, 9.8 and Atwell was 11. So kind of goes back to what I said earlier about just keeping these guys out in front. Uh, And, you know, for the Niners, uh, Debo was over the top. Debo was was kind of the the same in that you know, they used him for short stuff and, and screens and uh, sort of uh, swing passes, but Jennings, 25 yards a catch, Ayuk uh, 14 yards a catch. So the Niners were able to stretch it out a little bit more, but really, you know, again, these teams just know each other so well. 
And, you know, we, we've gone, how long have we gone so far? We've gone 33 minutes and we haven't even talked about CMC who was really the difference in the first half because he was on fire in the first half. I think he had, he had like 80 yards in the first quarter. Yeah. And I was like, is this dude going to get a, get to a hundred in the first half? He ended up with like 116 and they dialed him back a bit, but man, that guy was electric in, in the beginning of the game. He had a 50 yard run. Uh, he had an easy touchdown that he snuck in. It was just like he was doing, they were, he was able to do whatever he wanted against. And, and you know, I have a Brad who, who hosts Thompson and Clark with me, you know, he's, she's just like, ah, oh, this defense is all these young guys, but uh, they, you know, they settled in, in in as well a little bit in that first half. But man, CMC was awesome. Um, I find it interesting that um, no other running back got any touches today. Mm-hmm. It was all CMC, and then Debo got five, and Purdy had three. But that was it. No, no, um, JP. No, I don't even know if TDP was. No, um, he was not active. Active. Um, and no Elijah Mitchell yeah. at all. Um, so that was that that kind of bears watching. Um, but they kept him at you know twenty carries, um, which I think it it seems reasonable to me that that's kind of where you want him. And when and if he's able to go crazy like he did last week and you know average you know ten yards carry, <laughs> then that's one thing. But I you know. I think that if you can just if you could limit his pitch count to like twenty yard twenty carries per game, that's kind of where you'd want him to be. So it was a a real kind of workmanlike performance for him. He's just so explosive. Um, he you know him and Debo and and Debo looked so good today. Yeah, Debo looked like Debo from two years ago on the touchdown. That one where that that end around where he's directing traffic, and I mean he is just exploding <laughs> he is just so fast um he's like a bowling ball yeah um and yeah and he is looking to create contact um when he's coming so it's 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 really um fun to watch those guys work so on the defensive side i, I think the the guys who stands out because he's in damn near every play is is fred warner uh, again, and, and to me, he was the one who, whose blitzes were, were actually causing a lot of havoc for, for Stafford. And, and even when he faked the blitz, there was one play. It may have been the inter, uh, on the grounding play, but there was a play where he faked the blitz and he took away Stafford's underneath. And you could tell Stafford wanted the underneath like immediately because he thought Fred was going to blitz. And Fred took it away, and then Stafford, you know, had to get rid of the football really quickly. And it's just stuff like that where, you know, when you're that fast and you're that good in coverage and you can blitz and you can tackle like he's, I mean, he's, he, he, what does Fred not do well uh, on the football field? Yeah, he is, he really, really is, um, I mean, he, like you said, literally, he did it all. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He had a pass defense. He had a quarterback hit. Um, literally, at all three levels, um, he made plays. Um, Drake Greenlaw had a really good game. Our boy, um, 
Isaiah Oliver. He got the pick. You know, made some plays today. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was a um, it was a kind. I you know I I don't want to say let's say uneven is how I would put it because I mean they weren't terrible in the first half. It's just they were they weren't. I, I as I outlined before, bend I was, bend but don't break. Yeah, I, I wish our our defensive backs had been a little bit more aggressive but i mean i guess then i say that but then we, if if the um if the edict is not to get beat deep then you don't want to get too aggressive because you know if you got those guys especially um puka and atwell are speed guys so you what you don't want to do is to get too physical with them and let them get behind you um but you, again, you just don't want to ju- just allow them to do whatever the hell it is they want to do. Um, so there's got to be some kind of, you know, middle ground there. But again, that those are nitpicks because they gave up while they gave up a lot of yards. You know, they really we weren't really threatened at all. I mean, we I guess you know we went into halftime tied, but they didn't really they didn't really get get anything going um in the second half they didn't really even threaten us like that whole third quarter kind of went by um with nothing really um i guess kind of both ways i guess we had the the 57 yarder was the highlight scoring wise of the third quarter (laughs) and then and then we pretty much on the fourth quarter i know they got that last field goal there at the end and then another one in addition to that but um, they weren't really even they didn't even really threaten us um in the um in the fourth quarter. So yeah, it was so defensively it was a definite bend but don't break um scenario. So Fred Warner, they had they asked him about, you know, what was wrong in the first half. And he said they were taking what we were giving them. We had to tighten things up on the back end. So, you know, what what we saw was what was pretty close to what it looks like, you know, what they saw as well. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because I have always watched the 49ers closely, but when you kind of have to think about how to talk about the game, for some reason, I think I'm even more dialed in on certain things that I wouldn't have been dialed in on if I was just watching the game and not having to talk about it. It's almost like, it's it's almost like doing this podcast makes me a, a smarter fan uh, about football, which is, it was kind of cool. It's a, it's a, a little bit of a benefit to doing the show. It definitely has me thinking about like kind of like narrative arcs, like what, what is the story that's being told, you know, play after play after play, because I, you know, I know that, you know, after this, I'm going to have to be thinking in terms of, you know, talking about what I saw and what, you know, what did I thought, um, and that was I. I never really watched, in you know, with that in mind, really. You know, I you know, I you know, just kind of watching, and you know, with no real aim. Um, but yeah, so definitely, you know, having to come on live right afterward, and you know, to have my thoughts gathered has definitely, you know, it it definitely changes the way I watch the game. Yeah, for sure. All right, Shelvin says that Debo is his player of the game. I was going to go CMC with mine just because I thought he set the tone like from the get-go, and that was my worry 
which was that the 49ers are going to come out flat, and he made sure that they did not come out flat. Who do you have as your player of the game? I'm with Shelvin. I would have went offensively, definitely Debo. Um, and just because, the, you know, I Fred Warner – is was was right there for me yeah me too but um i kind of dinged him because the the first half wasn't great for the defense yeah um him included um so um i went debo because they he 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 while i do agree with you that cmc was the tone setter um i i think debo was the was our best offensive player today Oh, I, I mean, I can live with that. He, I thought he was, you know, stats wise, his numbers don't really stand out as far as like that. He had this like crazy game, but he was so involved. Uh, he had five rushes for 38 yards. So 7.6 yards per carry with that one touchdown. And then receptions wise, he also led the team in receptions, six receptions for 63 yards. Uh, speaking of uh, Ayuk, who had the big game last week, uh, he got, he, I couldn't tell if I he got hurt. I just going to ask you if you guys talked about that in the chat. Cause I got started late. So I was playing catch up. So I wasn't really able to chat and watch yeah. today, but he seemed like he was not right early. Yes. Um, and you know, they were massaging on him and he was kind of trying to loosen up and it just, it, he just never seemed like, you know, even though he kept, you know, going out there he just never seemed right all game. So I, 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 you know, and I didn't know if I was, you know, making something up. Um, but yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that as well. Hopefully he's okay. And it's not something that, that like kind of lingers. So I think he made that first catch and Sanchez said something about his shoulder. Like he, like the way that he reacted, like it looked like a shoulder injury, but then I think he may have missed one play, came right back in, and then he made that next <coughs> catch, and then he kind of got dr- driven down to the turf and and may have fallen on the football, and then that's when they took him to the tent. And so my thought, whenever I see that kind of play, I go, oh, no, you know, if it's collarbone, collarbone's bad. Yeah. Shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's not, like, dislocated or something, I think you, you can probably work it out. But then someone said, you know, maybe he just lop, lost his wind and fell on the ball, but I was like, ah, they're not going to send him to the – Blue tent that. for that, Mm-mm. and you know he didn't. I don't. You know he may have had one more catch. I think he had a one more catch in the fourth quarter, and and but that was it. He was kind of they 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 didn't target him as much, and that's when Debo started picking it up. So I haven't seen anything in uh, on Twitter about the injuries. Uh, Shanahan. It doesn't look like he was asked about it, at least as far as I can tell. Asked a lot about Purdy and the missed throws. He also said that he thought Isaiah Oliver had a great game because he was all over the field. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, hopefully it was nothing. It's a short with, week, with so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, our the injury report is going to be interesting to see who um moving forward. I I'm I I hope somebody does something on the running back situation on why nobody no Mitchell right. That's that's interesting. That bears watching. I wonder if some of it was just that the Rams ate up so much of the clock. If you look at the time of possession, it was like 34-26-ish for the on the Rams side. So uh even but even late in the game, you know, maybe maybe Shanahan, you know, there was that article last week where 
they they talked about you know why didn't you pull your guys in it from the Pittsburgh game until mm-hmm. late and he said well that Lions game from two years ago yeah. is kind of in the back of his mind where he pulled all his guys early and then the Lions came back and got within like a, a couple of scores mm-hmm. um, and so so he said that was in the back of his head so that's kind of what I was thinking but I would I, I feel like they have to get Mitchell involved he hasn't played football consistently for such a long time unless you know maybe he's still kind of getting back into shape or he's getting back into feeling like himself it could be that as well but hopefully wow the Giants came back yeah the Giants. I was about to tell I was about to say right now you know the the Arizona Cardinals kind of played the perfect game here in that they competed but still lost in the end in in the race for uh, Caleb Williams and and if they especially if they do trade Kyler, uh, you know they, they are going to be the leading contender for the Caleb Williams draft pick from USC. But the Giants did come back. There was so much sadness in New York Giants community today. Uh, Arizona went up twenty to zero, I believe. Yeah, and then the Giants came back in the third. Uh, and then they outscored the Cardinals seventeen to zero in the fourth quarter to uh, to to come back and win. And you know, if they would have lost that game, and then they come into Levi's, the Giants fan base would be so down. So at least you know it's going to be for for the Giants fans. Hopefully, this is a little bit of a kick in the pants for them, and they come into Levi's and. You know, it'll be a good football game. I'm hoping that it's not a good football game. I'm hoping that we win by 50 points every time. But right, you know, but this is the thing. Now, the one, the one thing, and I haven't seen any information about this yet, is a Saquon looks like he may have gotten hurt in this game at some point. Uh, I, I just saw the note about him slamming his helmet on the sideline after he left the game with, with an injury. So that's tough because like you said, when you have that short week, the injuries uh, for a game like this, where maybe he could have, you know, maybe you could play Sunday, but by Thursday you might not be able to play. So that's, that's gotta be a bummer for them. And if I can find any more information about that, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it before we get off of air here. Okay. Yeah. That's um. I'm much, I'm much, I feel much better about them coming in one and one than oh and two. Um, cause those I, I I just find that, you know, the more I watch those, they those numbers kind of matter. Like the Chiefs, they had lost today, they would have been oh and two. And I mean it's just they're just certain starts you don't want to get off to. Um if you're playing a team that's you know, the difference between playing a a, a one and one team and a oh and two team that is supposed to be a contender like for example i don't know who 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 grab who gets the Bengals next week but mm-hmm. i would imagine that um they're gonna get a very very um down fired up bunch um so yeah you just you know i'm you know from a, as a 49er fan i'm kind of glad they pulled that went out today um and you know won't be yeah, not to say that they don't want to win because they obviously do, but that they don't they won't be feel as pressed as they might have if they were 0-2 coming in. So so from uh Jordan Rannon, Jordan Renan, he's an ESPN reporter for the New York Giants. 
he just tweeted about 15 minutes ago that he had an x-ray on his right ankle after the game. He had limped around the locker room and it was swollen. So he had actually, they had to help him off of the field because of an ankle injury. Uh, Clearly he had some pain and discomfort. And obviously, like we just said, this is definitely a concern, uh, especially with the short turnaround this week, but also for the long-term prospects of the team. So a damper on the win, on the comeback win, is that Saquon hurt his foot. So I wonder if they'll go... I think Rod's screen froze there for a second. We'll see if he... There you go. You're good. Was that uh was that a that was a they were here right they were they were in Arizona they were in Arizona so they're not even yeah. going back to the East Coast they're flying directly or or I think they they may be staying in Phoenix and then they'll shoot over to that would Santa, make sense it wouldn't Santa make Santa. sense to go back all the way across country just to come back you know in three days so yeah where are you with Thursday night games well I. I am of two opinions from a consumer. um, I like having football on Thursday, but from a competitive standpoint, I still think that it's, 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 you know, it's unfair to ask these dudes to come back um, four days from now to, um, you know, I, you know, to play a game and, I'm not sure. I, I I still don't believe that that product is a is a um it it it's a it's a lesser product mm-hmm. than Sunday and Monday night games. Um, but like I say, as a consumer, you know, I'm the problem because you know more football. You give me Wednesday night football. Um, <laughs> you you know you could give me football. Um seven nights a week and yeah. I would and I would consume it. Um but I I I you know I wish they we did more to um make that product better. Like I wish we would expand the roster so that you yeah. know we you know you'd have fresher players, more fresh bodies. Um I wish that there was some way that we could make sure that if I play, if I'm going to play on Thursday, that I get an early slot on Sunday. I mean, just, I I, th- I wish that we did everything we could to give the players the maximum amount of rest in between weeks. If we want, it, once we've decided that that's what we're going to do, and the fact that they can get as much money as they can for that spot they're not going anywhere. So those are, you know, Thursday night games are just a reality now. So, you know, they're the, um, we could hand ring and argue about whether, whether or not, but that it's going to happen now. So let's do the best we can to make that product as best we can. Um, And I, I, I don't know that we are necessarily there yet. So if you, now, th- this is with uh, Thanksgiving games involved here. Uh, over over the years, there have been some Thursday night games. Uh, the Niners played uh, a couple in the 80s, in the early 80s. I don't even know why. I mean, uh, I'm assuming one of them was strike-related from, from mm-hmm. that one strike season. But if we look at uh, since, I think everyone remembers the the sadness 
on Thanksgiving where the Niners played Seattle in 2014 and they were eating drumsticks right on our field. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back to, to that time frame, since then, Niners have actually lost four Thursday night games in a row. Then they beat the Raiders in 2018. Then they beat the Cardinals in 2019. Lost to Green Bay in 2020. They lost to Tennessee in 2021. I remember that game because I was at the Warriors game. Uh, Me and the boys were watching the Warriors against Memphis, which was a great basketball game. But the last Thursday night game would have been, I believe it was the Brock Purdy injured ribs game and the Niners won 21 to 13. So they've been, you know, that they historically, they're a little bit over 500, but you know, they've been about 500 in the last, last uh, six years or so. So it's really a, you know, a coin flip. And uh, I'm using the stat muse for the, uh, the stat there. So good Mm -hmm. job. Good job. Stat muse. I'm glad that we could figure that one out. Uh, for All me, over. yeah, for me, um, I, I, I'm glad that they get it out of the way right now, right? Because you open up the season and more than likely you're going to be healthier in the beginning of the season than you are at the end of the season. So I'm happy that the 49ers got this Thursday nighter, uh, out of the way. And I'm trying to look to see if they – I don't think they have any other Thursday games for the rest of the season. I know they have um, – well, this is not going to help me. Um, I know they have some – a couple of Sunday and Monday games, but I, this might be the only Thursday game that they have, I believe, for the rest of the way. So that's that's, that's cool. Good. Yeah, that, that's going to be good. Nope, nope. You know what? They do play um, Seattle Thursday night, which may be Thanksgiving. I think that's Thanksgiving. November 23rd. Does that sound like Thanksgiving sounds, to you? Yeah, that sounds like a Thanksgiving game. Yeah, yeah so that, that'll be the other one. So Seattle, Thanksgiving. Um, and then are we up point, there? I'm sure we're up there. We are at Seattle, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So got this one out of the way. I feel like... You shouldn't have to play more than one Thursday night game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but at least uh, on on that, uh, yeah, and on that Thursday night, that is uh, only four days after Tampa Bay comes to us. So it's not like they get a break. 2-0, and o, the 2-0 and o Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him scrambling around, running around. Uh, he, you know, he'll he'll be he'll be okay. Um, until, you know, until, until Baker has to beat some teams, and then he won't be okay. That's kind of <laughs> how it's going to be. Uh, and, yeah, they uh, they also play Monday night on Christmas this year against Baltimore. Baltimore comes into town. Shelvin mentioned that. So they have a Christmas and a Thanksgiving game. Jeez. Wow. They at, least want, they for thanks, at least you're home for Christmas. They don't want 49er fans to <laughs> spend the, the holidays without – anxiety you know what if we have to play christmas the warriors always play on christmas they better not make us go head to head that would be mean that stinks that would be bad i mean my my wife's not going to be happy that we're going to have to watch either warriors and 49ers (laughs) on the same night but at least like let's not make them compete man um all right 
So we'll, we will uh, be back Thursday night, I guess, after yep. Niners Giants, and then we'll get a li- we'll get like a ten day break until the uh, the next game, which would be uh, against Arizona. So and and at that point, Arizona, you know, they 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 are lo- not to say that they're tanking or anything, but doesn't it doesn't look good for that squad. So Niners come out of this game clean. It could be good because the big game, I think, the one that the NFL is, is circling Cowboys. will be that Dallas game at uh, at San Francisco on Sunday night, October the eighth. I, I would imagine that is going to be the biggest selling ticket at Levi's this entire year, and oh, I'm yeah. already seeing lowest ticket price at three hundred and twenty-one bucks. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah. I mean that's that's the rivalry right now though that that's what everyone wants to see is Niners Cowboys so we'll, yeah. may, we may get lucky maybe both teams will be undefeated going into that game that'll be crazy yeah. that'll feel like old times oh yeah that you know that there was there were many years where that was the Super Bowl yeah um yeah. yeah all right so we'll be back on Thursday evening. Cross your fingers that uh, people are healthy for that game. And I think I'm going to try and do maybe a Tuesday night for Wednesday morning uh, on the, the, the audio feed. So the BSPN audio feed, you can find everything by the way, at bspnmedia.com. We post all of our podcasts, video and audio uh, on that website. So if you ever wonder where to find us, bspnmedia.com is the place and uh yeah that is it so for rod i am double g we will see you when we see you peace out everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.